Welcome to this episode of Culture, Comms, and Cocktails. My name is Chuck Ghost, Strategic Advisor at Social Chorus. This past week, I was in Vancouver for IABC World Conference. And one of the best things about World Conference is getting to reconnect with others from the industry. And while I was there, I thought I would take the time to record a couple episodes. The first is with Michael Nord, a member of IABC's International Executive Board and someone I just generally enjoy seeing every year at World Conference. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Here in Vancouver for IABC World Conference and sitting across from Michael Nord. Michael, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, I know you through IABC and through World Conferences is where I send to meet you or, or Eurocoms or something like that. Uh, but what is your day-to-day role? I'm the Director of Client Relations for a global consultancy company. We are about 90 people worldwide. We work out of the UK, Holland and uh, Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. And we help teams, um, managers, uh, companies engage their employees in change. Uh, can it be anything from IT change, HR change, finance change, or transformational change? And our consultants create plans, but also deliver tactics. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. And, and this work I've seen recently has taken you all over the world, including trips to the U.S. Yes. Uh, but we are here in Vancouver. Have you been here before? No, first time. First time in Vancouver. And awesome. No, and not the last time. Not or, the last time. No, no it is a, a remarkable city. It is really is the. I don't know what it is, and I didn't know what to expect. And even though this city core where we are in, the downtown area, is so modern, it still feels that it has roots in its past. And, mm-hmm. and you have the water, you have the mountains, you have the harbor, and, and then of course you have the Canadians who are lovely people, so no, it, it has all the best of everything. So. Yeah, I've compared it in the past to a weird mix of Denver and San Diego, but in Canada. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you, I definitely hear you. I love Denver, I think Denver with, with the backdrop of the Rockies is amazing. And also the downtown area of, of Denmark is very accessible with the buses and everything. And the same here, I walk everywhere or mm-hmm. I take public transport. I don't take taxis. Right. I, Correct. I, I want to be where the people are and want to be where the, where the people who live here are. So mm-hmm. it's nice. It's really nice. Have you kept track of how many world conferences you've attended? I think it's seven or eight. Seven uh, or eight. Yeah, because I had a break uh, in between when I did something completely different than comms. Okay. Uh, I worked for the Danish government, and there there was not a, a wish for me to travel anywhere outside <laughs> uh, either Denmark or Holland. Uh, but um, otherwise, I've been here uh, on a very regular basis. So, where is your home base? I live in Amsterdam. Uh-huh. My office is in The Hague, uh, which is the city of peace because of the Peace Palace and the and the criminal courts and everything. Um, but we have an office in London where quite often, and for us going to London is 45 minutes flight. Right. So you, right. Can, <laughs> you can get there in the morning and you can be home at night right. if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try always to stay because I think this whole idea of traveling as much as I do, you need also to take a, a rest and, and not just you know get up very, very early and come home very, very late. You need to... And also, it gives you that vibe. What is happening in London? What's happening in Houston? What's happening here in Vancouver? I came two days early because I wanted to get a feel of the city. I mm-hmm. want to taste the food, meet the locals, yep. uh, taste the, the fantastic wine that this part of Canada <laughs> offers. Wow. I, Chuck, I can tell you, I didn't know that Canada has amazing wines like they do here. So. And, and I've heard uh, another part of BC, Kelowna, Mm-hmm. There's another place to go visit for yeah, yeah. for those wineries. Yeah, exactly. 
And for the last several years, you've also served on the International Executive Board That's for right. IBC. Why was it important to you to volunteer at that level? Or what did you get out of those of that volunteer effort? I think for me, the whole IBC journey from chapter leader to regional leader and now to treasurer of IBC has been all about leadership development, mm -hmm. has been all about giving back to the community that I get so much out of, uh, but also, uh, for me, it's also a role model. Mm. Uh, I think um, you get to be seen as someone who will take on some volunteer work and will probably spend long hours and late nights and, and and they are late nights, I can tell you sometimes, because of the time difference where the, the board members are. But I must also say that I get so much back. Uh, people sharing information, uh, and most importantly, and, and I prove it every day almost, is the network you get. Mm -hmm. That I could reach out to someone like you, someone else, because I've met them at a conference, I know them from a conference, I know what their topic and speciality is, and then if I need help, I can reach out and say, I have this challenge what would you suggest I do? Mm -hmm. And and the stage in my career, people said, yeah, but you should know it all. No, I don't <laughs> know it all. I think the, the speaker on, on Sunday, I don't know all, but I'll find out. Mm -hmm. And if a client says to me, how do we do this? And I don't know it. And I have the challenge right now. A client of mine said, we're going to use MS Teams. All right. I spoke to the Microsoft people here at conference. But where do I go? Where do I find more information? Can you give me some hints and tips on what to go? Mm -hmm. So and that's when I think the value of not just attending, but also giving uh, time and energy to the, to, to the organization. And I've, I've seen, and you and I have almost been on the same journey, IBC has changed a lot in those seven, well, 13 years that I've been a member. Mm -hmm. uh, the first time I was at IBC World Conference was New York, 2,000 people. I was blown away. I remember I volunteered uh, <laughs> at the uh, registration and I met so many people. And then the fantastic speakers. And then, of course, we've been through a downturn. We've been through uh, internal, organizational and financial challenges. But I have been part of a team that have delivered and ensure that we come out on the other way. And I think we come out stronger. We may be smaller than we were uh, 10 years ago, but I think we're stronger. Mm -hmm. And I think our, the way we present ourselves, the way we talk about ourselves, has become much more clear and much more strong than before. Yeah, volume does not always equal strength exactly. when it comes to an organization no, exactly. or a community. Exactly. And you, you've mentioned uh, some of the things that you've gotten out of, of this volunteer journey for yourself. I know for me, attending World Conference, it is the world part of it, is, is what I get out of it. It is the, from my experience, if not one of, it's probably the only true global conference. And I know that there's some criticism that's always in North America, but that's probably for other reasons, but it has been in Canada back-to-back -back years, mm -hmm. where you do get to interact with colleagues from other parts of the world, of other walks of life, exactly. and hear those challenges. Because even if a communicator works for a global business, they don't always get to go visit those other parts of the world for a variety of reasons. Um, so I, I think that part is great. Is there anything else from, let's say, from the IBC volunteer side or the global side? You mentioned you've been at the local leadership, the regional leadership, now the global leadership. What's the best way for somebody to get started if they were interested in volunteering at IBC? Yeah. So. 
depending on if you are a member of a chapter or if you are a member at large, you can go to a chapter and, and every chapter always needs help. They need help either for a committee, a group, or they would need help for people to step up to the annual elections for the board. Uh, but we also have global committees and task force, and we actually do an open call every year. Mm -hmm. And so if there's a topic that interests you, uh, keep an eye out and, and, and put your name forward. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great way of working on a specific topic with what you just said, a global group of people where you, through uh, video calls and using uh, our intranet, work with a team that can be from Australia to Alaska. Mm -hmm. And you are part of that with your special interest area or in a, in a task force or committee where you think, I can I want to learn something about mm -hmm. this. Let me be part of it. Let me be the foot soldier and thereby learn from the generals. And I think that's a fantastic opportunity that IBC offers. And of course, uh, then there are the regions. The regions do an amazing job uh, of organizing events, organizing uh, professional development, uh, but also building networks. Uh, and for me, it is that whole network, how mm -hmm. we connect with other colleagues around the world uh, who do the maybe not exactly the same, but almost the same mm -hmm. as we do. And what you just said about the culture, I think you're exactly spot on that we work maybe for a global organization, but we don't get that cultural flavor, but we, that, with that we do through IBC. Mm -hmm. Because we hear here at World Conference in Vancouver, speakers from South Africa, people, mm -hmm. speakers from Australia, yep. from around the world that talk about how they see comms in their country or region, and that gives us that flavor and we recognize things that we think, oh yeah, I could use that. Mm -hmm. So let's say it hasn't been announced yet where World Conference 2020 is, but let's say we sat down at that World Conference and had another conversation like this. What would you like to see different? Or where would you like to see additional growth with an IABC if we looked at it a year from now? I would like us to see bringing in more millennials, the younger generations to the conference, or whether that's a matter of scholarships or pricing, I'm not sure. But I would also like to see more fun at, mm -hmm. at the conference itself. I think we do a great job now with the, with the hub where you and I are sitting right now, where people have lunch and coffees and they interact with our sponsors and exhibitors. But I also see conferences around the world of outside IBC that try to do more fun things with light or with, but we do some with the voting, but I think we could do even more that makes it more engaging and more fun and more memorable. Uh, we talk a lot about, at the board level, when we talk strategy, the Instagrammable moment. Right, right. And I think that is correct. If we can all take that one picture from one place we've been to, or that one e event we've been to, mm -hmm. take that picture and say, that sums up the feeling I had by attending World Conference mm -hmm. in Vancouver. One of the topics that's come up a few times with other communicators I've interviewed is around professional development. And so often communicators wait for their companies to make that investment yeah. in themselves. And I see you're shaking your head. No, that's, the podcast listeners can't see that, but I can no. see that. What's your advice to that communicator not letting the company dictate their development, but them owning their own development and investing in themselves to possibly attend yeah. a conference like World Conference? I got, the, um, I got the advice a couple of years ago from a woman who said, Yes, I'm part of a uh, professional development program with my company, but there are limits to what they will sponsor and pay for. So I put a mon money aside in a, in a bank account, mm -hmm. and I use that, and I do the same. I attend events, uh, I will sign up for uh, online training, 
I also, and, and there's so much great free content out there, you are one of the deliverables, that you can just listen to wherever you are, podcast, uh, webcast, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you may not make it, but they always send a link out to the recording and mm -hmm. the slides, mm -hmm. and I, I think at least one event I attend every week just to keep abreast of what is going on with mm -hmm. technology, with communications, uh, or even understanding where we fit in, in in the big organizational structures. So there's a lot you can do yourself and you need to own it yourself. Mm -hmm. I think the IBC Academy is a great way. You don't need to buy the whole package. You can buy the individual courses. And especially if you're preparing for your certification, there may be topics you don't know so much about. Mm -hmm. Go to the academy and find that little topic and take course. Mm -hmm. And they are affordable. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, and you can do it at your own pace, which I think is important. Yeah, I, I, I had said, I think it's a bit of a cop out when I said, why well, can't go? My company won't pay for it. Mm -hmm. Why is it your company's responsibility? Now, some companies could take on the responsibility Absolutely. of paying that, but we shouldn't view it as the company's responsibility. I've always had the view that I think if communicators paid for this themselves, I think they would take more ownership of their experience versus somebody taking care of that for them. I agree with that. I certainly see that. I must say, I feel with Montreal last year and especially Vancouver this year, I feel a different vibe here. Mm -hmm. I feel a different energy in, in the rooms and the conversations. Uh, I mean, the, the, the breakout sessions are packed. They absolutely are. I had standing room only when I was uh, running a session yesterday as, as a moderator and I'm speaking tomorrow and looking very much forward to how many people I know it's the last session of the last day before the closing <laughs> session but still um, yeah but for me it's not about quantity it's about the quality and I really feel the quality here I feel that the program advisory committee and staff has, has really done their best mm -hmm. uh, great content great inspirational speakers new thinking out-of-the-box thinking and at the same time back to our cause stakeholder management measurement all these things that we all need to have in our toolbox mm -hmm. so yes that's why I come here and I love it and speaking of quality that's a great segue to the last section of the podcast which is talking about cocktails we've had some great ones uh, on the podcast so far so what is your favorite cocktail or your favorite place to get a cocktail and I have very high expectations from this answer Michael all right uh, as you know I travel a lot uh, but I must say, uh, I love a good cosmopolitan. Mm -hmm. It has to be the right mix of sour and sweet. Not mm -hmm. too sweet, not too sour, but have the right mix. It has to have that clear pink color so you can almost see through it. Mm -hmm. And I think the best place to go is in New York. There okay. are a couple of bars that serve <laughs> amazing cosmopolitans. And I will go there just to have a cosmopolitan. Very good. Yeah. Well, Michael, thank you for being on the podcast. A pleasure. The Easy Peasy. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comms and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening. <laughs>